This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to I'ma Let You Finish listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash I'ma Let You, I-M-M-A-L-E-T-U. That's betterhelp.com slash I'ma Let You, I-M-M-A-L-E-T-U. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Bonjour. It's I'ma let you finish with Courtney and Amy on the Pantheon Podcast Network. It is show number one twenty-five. Bonjour, Amy. Uh, mecca like a high, mecca high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be here all week, folks. Really? We will be. That's the problem. We will be. God, we will be. We will be. Anyway. How's your, how's your week going? I mean, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Listen, a lot. Technically, these, these days it a lot can happen. Started, these days a lot a can holidays. happen. By, listen, so these days a lot can happen by Tuesday. <laughs> so far, so good. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Made it through episode three 
of the 90 Day Fiance tell all, which was uh, they are milking this fucking thing like a cow out the pasture. There is like 700 spinoffs of that shit. No, this is the recap show. (laughs) This is fantastic. This is just a recap show. Um, the only is there I'm, a new season on now? Are they recapping? No, there will be. Yeah, it's nonstop. It's like a mm-hmm. continuous, continuous. Um, the only thing I'm trying to figure out, and for people who do watch the show, and I know there's a lot of people who watch the show, if if it's a recap show and they're shooting four days and they announce it as four separate days and they say day two, why are they have them wearing the same clothes? <laughs> they're literally, no, it's like they show them at night, drinking in a bar, yelling and screaming at each other, and then... It's they show them going nighty noodle, and then the next day it's seven twenty five, headed to the studio, and I'm like, they're all wearing the exact same outfits. I <laughs> like you've established this is happening over four days, so you can change their clothes. And Sean Robinson, bless her heart, that's all I want to say about that. Oh god, is she the host? Oh yeah, <laughs> with a new face. Know. She's literally a new face. Everybody's got a new face. I have the same face. I mean, it's like, I think you and I are the only two people who kind of- So you want to hear something really weird and then we'll get started. Okay, this is so bizarre. Mm -hmm. I always had a birthmark on my nose and I Mm. had it, I called a birthmark, it's probably a mole, but I like calling Mm. it a birthmark. Mm. And it was out of control. And so several years ago, I had it just sort of, you know, brought down to a reasonable level. It's falling Mm. off. I can't Uh. find it. It's gone. (laughs) For the first time in my life, I don't have a little mark on my nose. It's very weird. I feel like part of me is gone. Anyway. It's just another part of me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, how am I going to know my right from my left now? Uh, It was like when I was a dancer back in the day, you know what I mean? And I lost my foot in like traveling and I still can't find that foot. I know. You have to get on that one good foot you have left. I'm on the good foot. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I don't know. First of all, I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> Why are we still? No, still we a, are not still I, talking. But You're I was the like, one who put you Well, <laughs> because I didn't even realize she was still a fan. All right, I think we have to start establishing <laughs> who we're talking about. We, we tend to start in mid-sentence. Because we're always just a gah of shit. We're like, I, why is this no, happening? Can I tell you honestly, I am not a gog that Iggy Azalea is on OnlyFans. I'm really not. What else is she supposed to do for... I'm being very yeah, serious. Yeah, but this OnlyFans is a whole campaign that they're doing around an album she has called Hotter Than Hell. So it's a whole campaign and it's like a year long thing. And it's it's supposed to be art and all of this different stuff. And I'm like, one, you have an album, why? Two, who cares? Well, somebody (laughs) cares because we're, I mean, she has an album. I mean, whatever we may think of her and there's a lot of things to say about her on so many different levels. She had a huge debut. Do you remember all the rap magazines, not just pop, were covering Mm -hmm. her as a face to watch next big thing i mean that was a huge record yeah and then she then the collaborations that she got really early on right Right, no she really i mean so i am not a fan of hers and i have a lot of issues with her on so many i don't have an issue with her musically i have an issue with her culturally talk about cultural appropriation jesus Mm -hmm. christ girl you're not even american and you're sounding like you know you have fronts in your mouth all the time but What's she supposed to do? She only, she's, you know, had all the work done to make herself look hot. She's a single mother. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume father is not paying a ton of child support, but maybe 
maybe. Is I'm it not. the kid? Somebody. Is this saying, Nick Young? Is this Nick Young's oh, kid? Oh, that's. Well, wait. Was it Nick's kid? She's with somebody famous. She was with Nick Young, and then she was with another somebody. Yeah, I can't rapper remember to be some, determined yeah, later. Right, yeah, something like yeah, that. I can't yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you and I should just make a rap album because at this point, we could make a rap album. We could go on OnlyFans. I think people would see to see. Nobody needs to see me on OnlyFans. But you don't have to have just sex on OnlyFans. We could do something weird like one of those. What is it? AMSR that people say they can watch us. They could just watch us eating, and we could make crunches of sounds while we're trying to figure out what the watching me eating would be a twenty-four-seven like Marina Abra. There's a market for that. (laughs) There's a market for it. Too bad I couldn't have filmed my mole inexplicably falling off my nose. a market for it. Too bad I can't find my mole and put it back on my nose oh my and put God. it on OnlyFans. I there's the got to be some sick fetish of people who are like shit. into moles. Listen, there's a whole television show where people watch a lady popping pimples on people. Oh, I don't want to go into that because I I can't. I, I can't yeah, even. I have a weirdness with that. But that anyway. to me is that's literally traumatizing. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. deal with it. All right. Now, speaking of traumatizing. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we'll start it on a positive note. First off, we have reached the apocalypse, and I don't even like care about football, but the Giants mm-hmm. are in the pre- postseason. I mean, and the apocalypse. Won, this and is the apocalypse. It has to be because they won their they, wild card game. It's they like, won. Just what? stop there. Just stop there. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? We won something? We, I know. We won something. I know. And I'm not I even, was in like, here screaming and yelling at the I television. Bet, I was like, we giant. won. Yeah, I, I'm football is not my sport, mm-hmm. though. I do watch the Super Bowl because again, I do like to participate in global events. Who's doing the halftime show this year? Oh, it's uh, Rihanna. It's Rihanna. Uh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. Rihanna. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, anyway, yeah. I'm nervous for and the halftime Tom, show. Uh, Tom Brady is out, and that's the most important thing. Done. Yes, he is out. Last Done. night. I mean, but he got beat by Dallas, which is good. Really just Who like, cares? Oof. I don't care if he gets beat by a Pop Warner. League. Right. I don't care. My mother fucking loves him. I really? Just, oh my god, it's so horrible. We argue about it all the time. Really? She loves him. Okay, you know how he knows. And he's I'm really like, horrible? why, mom? Why, no, he's horrible. Why? What? Like, what? What is that? Did you see? There's going to be a movie. Tom Terrific. I know he's horrible. Tom Terrific was Tom Seaver. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. That's Tom well, Terrific, well, and your look, mother knows that. Look, my mother. You don't know nothing about Tom Seaver. Like she wasn't a baseball girl. You ask her basketball, she could tell you all basketball, football a little, but basketball and tennis are her sports. All right. Well, he's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, he's gone. All right. So anyway, the Giants are in sign of the apocalypse. When they mm-hmm. said that on TV, I was like, wait, what? What? You're like in the- what? You're like. Are they in season coming back home? Right, oh, right. Has every, other te- has every other team suffered like COVID and they're all not playing? Listen, are they the we only are, team? We are a scrappy crew, but this year we have a new head coach, Brian Dayball, who the players are really buying into. And listen, I like that they have that scrappy-ass New York fight, And the right? Bills are in, too. So yeah. Two the New Bill- York teams. Well, yeah, it's- one New York team and one Canadian team. Right. <laughs> Sorry. They're still a New York team. Come I know, on. but you they're, know. they're actually the only team that actually plays in New York. 
If you that really is think true. about it, so one New Jersey old, team and right, one Canadian. They're the only one. We have three yeah, New York true. teams, and only one, one actually plays, plays in, in the New state and, and has a practice facility in the state. I know both the Giants true. and the Jets. They're pra- Jersey, right? Which they're is always Jersey. just kind of like, what? Well, like, what? Yeah. You couldn't find a space on Long Island? Like what the fuck? Nah, <laughs> they probably couldn't. Long Island is where hockey players practice. Mm. All right, so yay for them. Okay. Now, that game yesterday, Knicks played the Raptors. That was painful. But, and I'm going to be on the bright side. They uh, Other than the... the they the fought couple, for it. They fought for it. This and, is- okay, the, the free throw sitch, and I will give Julius Randle one out. He scored 43 or 42 points the night before, so maybe mm-hmm. he was a little tired. Mm-hmm. But that R.J. Bear thing, when he got the ball and just ran with it all mm-hmm. the way up court, that's a beautiful thing. And so, yeah. I They're love fighting, we, and that's what we wanted to see from and our I, And a lot of really shitty calls, in yeah. my humble opinion. Absolutely. Um, I don't like the looks of the Raptors. I don't like that very pale, tattooed person who's like <laughs> their big guy. What's his name? Vandersleek? What's his name? Fran, I don't like him. Fran Vander, Vander, Van, Vander, <laughs> Vanderfleet. Vander, yeah, I don't like the looks of him. Yeah, but I his name is Fred, so I can't help him because, you know, my friend. He's not French. No, I said his name is Fred, so I oh, can't I hate a Fred say. because, you know, my Fred. So I don't oh, hate okay. any Freds. Oh, we're doing that? Okay. Well. So I, we're, we're, this is the criteria we're going for. Listen, I know listen. someone with that name. Yes, listen. Okay. <laughs> Fred wow. is a sacred name. So if you're okay. named Fred, all right. All right. you're, all right. you're all right. you know all right. what I mean. All right. I do love Fred, too, but I think that's really stretching your loyalty. But that's okay. I'll let you have it. I don't like the looks of him. I don't like the looks of him, and I don't like the looks of that little lab rat that plays for Atlanta. And you know who I'm talking about. I think that that would be Trey. Yeah, I don't like the looks of him. He upsets me. I don't like the looks of him. That said, the Knicks looked really good, even though they lost. But it was a great game. It was a great game. And I was on my couch all by my yelling. 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 Because as soon as it went, the thing about them and is, and it went into OT. Once, they, once they once they go into overtime, I'm always worried because that's where they tend to lose it in, yeah. in the overtime moment. But yeah. what I will say for the Knicks is, and fuck you, fucking TNT guys, except for Kenny, who's always who's a New Yorker, always pulling up for our Knicks, like Chuck and and Shaq, who I love, are like. The Knicks suck. They're horrible. They're a terrible team. I'm like, listen. I'm sorry, I lo- how many how many rings does Charles Barkley have? I'm trying Zero. to think. Okay, thank you. Zero. The I same amount. And I love Charles Knicks. Barkley. Yeah. Like my thing is, they are fighting for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? At least these are like the Knicks that we used to see just rolling over and losing. No, no, no. Like, they're they're scrappy. And, and, and these, you know, and these losses that they've been having, if you notice, have been really close. It's like one point, two point, within five points, which is. It makes it painful because you're like, you could have won this game, but you also see a team that's fighting. Not just because we're used to the Knicks just getting like... Blown out. Blown out and sitting there and you're just scratching your head like, why are you okay with with losing this? Well, there was an article in the New York Times and I think it summed it up. They said, yeah, the Nets have the better record, but it's really hard. People's It's hard to get behind the Nets because they're just like the island of misfit toys the island of misfit anti-semitic toys so it's hard to get behind whereas people like i said when i wear my knicks hat i don't get scorn right which you use, i don't get pity and scorn right <laughs> and, and, the, and the flip side is listen 
people want to talk about Brooklyn, 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 but at the end of the day, they have as many championship rings <laughs> as this current Knicks, which is none. You know what I mean? Which, is, they, which would ev- be none. Every season since the Knicks, the Nets have gotten here, we keep hearing the story at the beginning. You know, they've got KD, they've got Kyrie. They're the ones to beat. They're going to be in the finals. They're the ones, and they've not been in the finals yet. Listen, would it be great for the city? If, no. I'm never mad anybody who gets further in the playoffs, right? Because I like that energy in the city when we've got playoff basketball. And I would love it, the energy in the city to have finals basketball. But I haven't seen that from the Nets yet either. And honestly, You should read this New York Times article. It's really mm. sarcastic and funny and clearly mm. written by a Knicks fan. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's just really funny. There's all these like nice little digs at um, – it is really funny. But, yeah, it's um, – that was a painful game yesterday. That yeah, really was. and they, to lose they, on the MLK uh, Day, you know the, the 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 NBA's gimme. I all like how they wear the social justice T-shirts. Mm-hmm. It's so cute mm-hmm. and patronizing. <laughs> it really. Oh look, we have team with black people on it. Wear a T-shirt about Martin Luther King. Well, listen, it's like what was it on, on the NFL game? Said in racism at the end of the. Yeah, of the yeah that'll field. do like, it. That'll like, end racism. Thank you. That was. That was really Meaningful. nice of you. Thank you yeah. so much. All right. This is like the most ridiculous segue ever, but that's what we're that's what you're here for is mm-hmm. ridiculous segue. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jeff Beck, the a the term legendary is as we have discussed, overused like crazy, 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 but he really, really was a legendary guitar player. And he died last week at the age of seventy eight from like something I didn't even know existed anymore, which was mm. bacterial meningitis, which is mm-hmm. horrible. Um my friend Karen Glover is convinced Johnny Depp killed him. And I think that there's a very good possibility of that because Johnny Depp was at his bedside and I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a possibility. But other than his collaborations with Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck was um, a very- How is Johnny Depp in every story? Johnny Depp inserts himself in every story. Is he turning into Oprah where suddenly you turn around and it's like, how are you in this story? He's in the story because Johnny Depp did get his start as a musician and he is a musician. And they played together a lot, right? Yeah, they recorded an album together, Mm -hmm. which is suspect, but whatever. Um, So I'm not even going to pretend that I sat around listening to Jeff Beck all the time, but when Mm -hmm. you... um, I did own Blow by Blow, which is the record that everybody owned, which came out in 1975. And it was an instrument for an instrumental record, for a guitar mm-hmm. record to, to go gold, or I think even platinum, and is quite extraordinary. And the thing about it with him is that when you read these obits and you read these tributes, there's nobody saying anything significant you know they say he was a little prickly he was in that but fundamentally everybody ranks him as probably one of the five best guitar players i mean hendrix being number one and i can't imagine when eric clapton dies that kind of because that's the one he always you always get compared to right if right, you're a white right. british guy is eric clapton first off jeff beck had far better hair than eric clapton all right mm-hmm. let's just go with that um so what if you you know and so Jeff Beck his solo stuff and I'm not a fusion girl at all but his solo stuff kind of went into that um but it was the people he worked with I mean he got to start with the Yardbirds I mean imagine the Yardbirds has as a Clapton and then Jeff Beck and then Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck that's insane that right. they're all in the same group Right 
And Clapton left because he's like a purist, you know, um, <laughs> a blues purist. And now cut to 30 years later, he's making songs with Babyface. But that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and Eric, I mean, when you listen to Jetpack, seriously, like Shape of Things and Over Under Side Was Down, which I'm old enough to remember these being, these were radio hits. He's playing like Indian... Southeast Asian Indian inspired guitar. And it's just, he gets an un- unbelievable sound out of his stuff. And then of course the stuff with Stevie wonder, right? So talking- now, what is the superstition story? Why, right. why, why do people connect him to superstition? All right. So this is how I read it. He's on talking book. Jeff right. Beck is on talking book and you hear Stevie. Which is say, the beginning of the class. Right. You, which is the beginning. He of what says, you hear him yeah. say, play it Jeff or something mm-hmm. like that. So that's no big secret. He's on talking book. And the story is, and it's been verified, you know, by legitimate news sources um, that vet their material. The story is, is that um, Clapton, Jeff Beck was like, you don't have to pay me for it. Just, you know, give me a song, write me a song, give me a song. And at the session, Jeff Beck starts playing drums. He's not a drummer and comes up with that beginning beat for Superstition. Mm -hmm. Stevie then takes it. They turn it into Superstition. He gives it to Jeff Beck, and then Barry Cordy walks in and goes, ah, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Stevie. Um, you, I know you're blind, but can't you see that this is not a song? You that you give away. To, right. You give away. Right. And it becomes like Stevie's first number one. Okay. Jeff Beck does play on the demo, but he... Mm. To say that he gave Stevie Wonder his first number one, I could, I, I don't know Jeff Beck from a can of paint, but I would bet you that Jeff Beck would say, no, I did not. You know what I mean? Right. And it's kind of like, really? It's Stevie Wonder. I bet Stevie Wonder could have come up with a tune or two. Especially <laughs> in that period, because that was, t- talking book is, is what people, most people, well, actually music of my mind, I guess, is what people would consider. Right, and that's the, his the period first, where he starts. And then it's talking book, that's that classic period of four albums that are just knocking it out. Peerless, the peerless, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's when he's making his moves away from the Motown machine. Yep. And really showing him. So the idea that Jeff Beck gave Stevie Wonder superstition is is kind of like, white splaining a little bit because right. I, it's not like he was working with Lenny Kravitz. Okay. Who right. couldn't come up with an idea on his you own. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say that? What? Okay. We're going to address this right now. <laughs> we are. But what I was going to say I is think he's Jeff- very talented. What is it with not. you and Lenny Kravitz? Whenever his name comes up, you he's recoil just- and you do not. There's he's something just- about Lenny you are not buying. What is the issue? He's derivative. I just, is there a But aren't a lot of people derivative? All right. And I don't like, but the thing is he's derivative and adds nothing to it. Everybody's derivative. (laughs) I love Oasis. Oasis is like literally the most derivative group ever. You don't think he adds anything to anything? No. No. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. No, seriously, not at all. I mean, it's just, he's just derivative and, and. You know, his biggest hit is like a, a make-believe Curtis Mayfield song. And then his other hit is a cover of somebody else. I just, you know, I he I don't say he's untalented. He's just doesn't, there's not, it's the same thing. You're like, the, you're like I'm not saying he's untalented. There's just no there there. No, there's no there there. That's exactly <laughs> that's, it. That's, that's that, exactly that's it. And it's not to say that he isn't talented. It's my same feeling about Tom Cruise. He right. has talent. There's just no there there. White Stripes. Jack White is a perfectly good guitar player. Tell me what he has done to move the needle. Nothing. 
there's lots of people who play guitar really well. You know, he's just anyway. The thing with Jeff Beck, I think, is really interesting in reading the stuff and reading the tributes like from Vernon Reed, you know, people who are great guitar players. Jeff Beck played with Malcolm McLaren. Did On you know? Walt's Darling. Right. Which is what? one of my favorite Malcolm McLaren right? albums that I play a lot. I, I know. love that album. I with have it on Butch vinyl. Of- I play it a lot. Now, you're a Tina girl. Mm-hmm. Did you know that I he had did no the idea. guitar? Me neither. No that idea. he plays the Private lead- fucking dancer. Who knew? No idea. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was written by Mark Knopfler. Yes. So I always assumed that Mark Knopfler was playing the guitar. It's really crazy when I was looking at his credits. I'm like, he was on this album and this right. album and he worked. I did not realize the depth right. uh, of Jeff Beck and the amount right. of records that I'm like, I love this record. I love right. this And you album. don't know. I had no clue. And isn't that the coolest thing though, yes. where it doesn't become this thing he was. And, and Rod Stewart for me remains seriously one of my favorite singers. He's Those, great. those the faces, I love the faces, those early Rod Stewart, the Mercury recordings, have not aged a bit. I love that stuff. And he got Rod Stewart at, Oh, I didn't know this. You know, that the Jeff Beck group, which was Rod Stewart and Jeff Beck and, uh, Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the drummer. But anyway, we're invited to do Woodstock and Jeff Beck was like, eh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, uh, not a great career strategist. So that's, what's sort of cool about. It's always cool to, you know, musicians game recognizes game, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People want to play a real pure musician, and you and I know people who are real musicians. A real pure musician will deny category. They don't want to be categorized, and they will sort of like, oh, you want me to play with you? Oh, cool, sure. And they won't demand the credit. I have told you this, and we talk about it all the time. I feel like we're more segregated in music today mm-hmm. than we were in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. If you go back and you look at a lot of those records, you will see such cross-pollination of who's playing on what, and it always ends up being quite surprising. And today, I don't feel like you do that same well, thing. You corporate know what I mean? radio. And, corporate and pe- radio. And people will be uncredited, and you're like, oh my God, he played the drums on this? Oh my God, he played, you know what I mean? And you just didn't know that. And right. now it doesn't seem the same anymore. Like everybody's in their own little lanes. And back then, like you have these guys who are masters and they, they could play anything. I can play rock, I can play country, I can play pop, I can play blues, I can play jazz, and I'll play on all these different kind of records. I was so surprised. I didn't his, know Private Dancer. I did not know list that at of all. Credits. I just was like, holy shit, you did a lot. A I, lot. And, and you and I talked about this with Todd Rundgren. I, you know, I've heard his songs. I had no idea. Well, that I know. That the list, I know. especially production and stuff oh, of yeah. people and records. I was like, he did this? He worked with. And it just blew my mind. John you know? Cale, the same thing, who's got right. an album. I mean, John Cale did some of the most important records of the early punk movement. I I just think that that's great. And the thing is, we can blame corporate radio. You can blame all sorts of, you know, the the first time iTunes came up where you could pick and choose who you want to listen to. And I just think that it's, I just think it was an... And more, not that people didn't want credit or money. Obviously, Jeff Beck, I'm sure, would have liked more credit and more money. But it says everything about him that... Again, I think when Eric Clapton dies, there will be more kind of kind of caveats about who he was. Because there was always controversy with Clapton in terms of his 
influences. I think when Jimmy Page, I was about to say is Jimmy Page dead, but I know he's not dead. Right. I remember that. There'll mm-hmm. be other kind of shenanigans. Um, yeah, so it's just going back and listening to that stuff because I remember being in high school and everybody owned Blow by Blow. Right. Everybody owned Blow by Blow, no matter what kind of. But yeah, the Bootsilla thing, I had no idea. And the private day, I thought of you and I went, Courtney. <laughs> and see, and I, in my house, you know, me being young, my house was a Stevie Wonder house, right? right. So like all of those early albums, talking book music, well, yes. well that period, because I was a right. little kid and all of that. And like Aretha Franklin and those records. And I'd heard of Jeff Beck, but it's just really interesting that um, I love to see the celebration of his life that I'm seeing. And, you know, there are people that I feel like we should talk about more more people should know about and it's a shame that people have to die for me i think he was unsung i mean he wasn't unsung i just don't think people because he was not he was playing up until the very end um is it because he wasn't a singer is is that i think part of it isn't that he never sang right and i just think that he just wasn't that you know there are lots of people who are not that guy right you know he he didn't have a consistent band. He changed his sound quite a bit. There are just some people who are not that guy. But he right. was always playing. He played con- clubs all throughout in England. He was always playing some sort of, but he was just not that guy. Right. And some people are just, you know, it's 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 just it, not everybody cares whole, about the fame part. There are a lot of well, people we who, don't know whether know. he cared. I'm sure. Well, like I, I think said, we I think we would know because he was if. You know, you can tell the people who really want the fame part, right? Because right. as popular as he was and as a big a musician as he was, if he cared about the fame part, he would have put himself out there more like, here it is and presented Well, it, it was the Jeff Beck group. I mean, it yeah. was always the Jeff Beck Well, group. as it should be, right? It's yeah, like yeah. it's your group. But I just be. think, yeah, I just think it's also a different time. And, you know, maybe he just, you know, there are a lot of people we've talked about. You can see there's a great clip. I think we posted it of him with Stevie Wonder at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 25th mm-hmm. anniversary. And he just sort of walks out, is smiling, does his thing. And then leaves. He never overshadows the headliner. And that's a real, you know, a real He sounds skill. very much like a musician's musician. Oh, totally. You know, it's like the totally. actors that we see. They're actors that we know who are very famous and they constantly work, but they don't care about the fame thing. And you see the people who are really like, I need to be on the, I, the fame thing is very important to them. Right. So, you know, I think that's why you see so many musicians. Musicians. Reacting to Jeff Beck because and he I was that guy. Got- and he wasn't a racist or an anti-vaxxer. Go figure. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's the little things. Or stole. <laughs> it's the little things. Like I said, I'm not a guitar girl. I, I, You know, I'm somebody who loves Johnny Thunders, who was technically one of the worst guitar players ever known mm-hmm. to mankind. But it's just watching the reaction. And then realizing when someone like that dies, I don't sit around thinking about Jeff Beck all day. I go, oh, I wonder what Jeff Beck was doing today. Right. Oh, I need to listen to Jeff Beck. But then when he dies, you go, like you said, holy moly. Right. Like he was, I mean, I'm older than you to remember those songs on the radio, the Yardbird stuff on the radio. So I'm like, mm-hmm. holy crap. <laughs> like he did, he did a lot, you know, right. he did a lot. So yeah, so I'm glad. But yes, he did not. Give Stevie Wonder a superstition. We can just stop that. Okay. Yeah, Stevie Wonder is not the story. weekend. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Stevie Wonder didn't need nobody to give him nothing. Right. You know, like no, nobody to give him facts. nothing. Facts. 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 <laughs> At all. At all. 
Um, so you wanted to talk a little bit more about Anita Pointer. You know, speaking on Sung, I just think the Pointer Sisters as a whole, people don't, I don't think they get the respect that they really do, you know, for their body of work. Those ladies made their first album in 1973. And, you know, it was a hit out the gate. You know what I mean? Yes, We Can Can is Alan Toussaint at his finest writing and Cloudburst and Jada and Wang Dang Doodle. Those were great records. And then they had their next gold album in, in, 1974 with with their album That's a Plenty, you know what I mean? They had Fairy Tale, which is their song where they won the best country song group, uh, best country song group for for a, a Grammy for, for being the first black group to win a Grammy in the country category. You know what I mean? It's like those ladies really uh, like 75 when we got. How long? Bet you got a chick on the side. Oh, those are now cla- that song. I mean, those are I amazing, would love amazing to, Who records. played on that song? Right. That is like in the pocket. For, and Anita and Bonnie wrote that song with David Rubinson. You know what I mean? It's like really, really, really great, 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 great. Song. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons maybe. Okay. So I remember when the Pointer Sisters came out mm-hmm. and they were in that whole you know, thrift store kind of, that's where they bought their clothes, that kind right. of 40s. It was mm-hmm. around the time of like yeah. that Midler and the kind of 40s kind yeah, of Yeah, and they retro. said they did it because they, was, they were, were broke and Goodwill, they had all that kind of stuff. And no, they yeah. Goodwill. But, you know, and, and it was a very, um, I think it was a very interesting image for a black vocal group to right. have because mm-hmm. up until that point, you know, think of the images we have for black women vocal groups, the Supremes who didn't have a hair out of place, you know, right. all these kind of sleek kind of groups. And here they come and they had a very, they were produced by like guys who did rock records. They were based out of Oakland. They were kind of tapping into that San Francisco rock, psychedelic funk kind of vibe. They were at the same time of like um, Tower Power. And I think he produced Tower of Power, too, David Robinson and stuff like that. Yeah, but then they um, started with Richard Perry when they got to Energy. And that's when they got five. They did the Bruce Springsteen cover but five. That, and but I'm saying in the yeah. beginning, in yeah. the beginning, their image was very much, they were being marketed, you know, to a rock audience. Yeah. They were definitely a funky rock kind of vibe. And so I think that caught people's attention. And then all of a sudden they shift. And I think the public has a hard time when you're that kind of that, and then all of a sudden you're doing, you know, a more slick '80s kind of sound, which was the sound then. I think. People but they get got like, bigger. That's when they, you well, know, they, they, the first, the first they've had a bunch of gold records, and then when we get to the '80s portion of our show, right? right. Like once we get to, uh, I'm first so of, excited. First of all, well, the Special Things album to me is just one of their best. It's the 1980 album produced by Richard Perry. And that has He's So Shy on it and their version of Could I Be Dreaming? And, you know, really, we've got the power and special things. Really, 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 really good, good, good music. And then you have Black and White in 81, which gives a slow hand. So you see that, like you're saying, it's starting to move. And they have Sweet Lover Man, uh, which also, like, formerly of of the Harlets, uh, sang and that's another gold r- record so you can see where it's changing from like you said like the doo-wop a little more rock tinge even though Richard Perry is still the producer then we get so excited in 82 and 
that has I'm so excited, but that's not when I'm so excited really became a hit. Breakout. It was Beverly Hills, it was Beverly right. Hills Cop. Absolutely. Right? So then it comes, they put it back slightly remixed on their 1983 album, Breakout, which becomes the album that's really triple platinum. And that has I Need You, Automatic, Jump, Neutron, Dance, Baby Come and Get It. They've exploded now. Now they're mainstream. This like right. 10 years after into recording. And the look has changed too. The look so, has changed, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I it, it's I mean I think the only group it might be analogous to in terms of having a sound, and then it's sort of all right. Two groups maybe Labelle, though Labelle was way more out there, and I think really yeah. more revolutionary. And that's not to say the Point of Sisters were different. Great. It's, it was very uh, different. They were really glam rock, right? Black and women doing glam and, rock and, and sister, funk, funk, funky soul. And Sister Sledge, yeah. Sister Sledge, in that you had a family group. So that that's what makes it, you know, you cannot go wrong. Family harmonies are the best uh, they're harmonies. They're like they're like the unmatched. <laughs> unmatched. Unmatched. You can't you cannot go wrong with family harmonies. But it is weird because I always like the Pointer Sisters, and I won't lie and say when I heard like I'm so excited. I mean, I'm like, oh God, this is like different MTV, for them, MTV, right? Yeah. MTV crap, you know. Right, right. But the vocals were still there. It's Absolutely. not like they couldn't sing anymore. Right. The Absolutely. vocals were still there. And, uh, you know, you don't, You again, we always say this, you cannot begrudge people who put in the work to have a hit. And it Real wasn't talk. like they were doing something so ridiculous, you know. No, they kind of like, moved with the times, if you yeah. really think about it, right? Yeah. They caught up because some of the music that you could think of in the beauty, beginning was really great. And I love those songs. But the 80s became something completely different, you know, and they, I think they adjusted with it and, and they had their biggest success in that right. that early period of the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, I think people should really dig into that catalog, especially before the 80s. Go from 1973 to 81 and play those records. And those vocals, man, like what you said, there's something about the family harmony. Harmonies, man. It's why Where, we, it's why we love DeBarge. It's yeah. why we love country. You know the Carters. I mean, yeah. not not Jay Z. The Carters, the real yeah, Carters, mm-hmm, the Carter family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You grow up with each other. You learn to sing with each other. You can't beat it. You just can't beat it. It's, no. it's you know the Clark sisters, right? Oh it's like yeah, exactly. The, the Winans, you yes, know, where they can make a t- or even like you think back to the groups with Take Six, right? right. Where you just can't. Fuck with those harmonies, No, because you grew up, you have a similar vocal tone because mm-hmm. you have the same genetics. And you've been and, singing and you together your up whole with each life. Other. Yeah, absolutely. Right, you know, the Swi- the the Trop- Von Trapp family from Sound mm-hmm. of Music. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> with Sorry. Tessie, Tessie Von Trapp. She's, Tessie those vocals are amazing. <laughs> amazing. I never understood that movie. Yeah. I Fun fact. It. I've never seen the entire movie. You've never seen Sound of Music? I've seen part of it, and I was like, I don't care about this. Oh, I saw it in the movie theater. I don't care about it. And I love Julie Andrews. I mean, I saw Julie Andrews on Broadway and Victor Victoria. I did. When she came back and made her big Broadway return, I was like pure homosexual. And when she got got to her big lay jazz hot number, you could... 
on my feet. Yeah, screaming singing, and clapping. I, I'm not a fan of the singing Nazis, the, uh, unless it's the producers. I just don't get the singing Nazis. It's like seeing. It'd be like if 12 Years a Slave, if he suddenly busted out into song, it's, it's the horrible fun, guy, what? whatever his name is, the really hot, horrible guy who played the slave owner. What's his name? He's really hot. Michael Fassbender. <laughs> I don't get. I don't get the singing Nazis. I yeah, just, I've never seen. Unless it's the producers. I'm you're never, not missing it. You're not missing anything. I've never watched all of Gone with the wind i've seen pieces wait of a it. minute how do you avoid it? well i have only seen it once to be honest with you like i just i was like okay i don't care yeah i've only seen it once um and i, I love seen... old films but like i just don't care i'm more have of you a... seen casablanca please tell me you've seen all right goodbye i have i've all seen right. it have once you seen citizen I'm... kane Okay, I have Courtney, never there are certain movies Citizen you just need to see Kane. just so you know when they're all yeah. discussing. This is like oh, the only reason you, it's like I took a Dickens class in school so that I would know what people meant when they said it's Dickensian. I got tired of reading right. The Wire is Dickensian. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then I read Dickens and I was like, all right, now I understand what it means. Cross that off the list. You just need Citizen Kane is fantastic. I've seen Jaws too. Okay, Citizen Kane. Well, I've seen Pootie Tang 175 times, and it is not Dickensian. No, Citizen Kane is just like fucking. Obviously, you never took a film 101 class in college. I mean, maybe I was a film minor. Listen, I started watching certain things, and you know, and then I get like, all right, okay, I don't care. Have you seen To Sir with Love? A million times. All right, good. All right. A million from the time I was young. I've seen a bunch of Sydney Portier films. Okay, I just want to make sure. And then you know, being a I always knew I was a young queen. I'm just gonna tell you, even as a young person, the first time I saw it, you know, back when we would get normal like Saturday afternoon movies, or we would have like fun fact, kids. If you're a certain age and you're from New York, you remember that. During the week on Channel oh, no, the Seven, there was the four thirty movie with every we've day, discussed this, and we've <laughs> discussed this with the most highly inappropriate movies right. for children All to be watching. The four thirty, but things like that would come on, and I used to watch it. And the song when Lulu was singing "To Sir with Love," like but there from is that no minute. child yeah. that should be watching whatever happened to Baby Jane at four thirty <laughs> in the afternoon. I'm sorry. None of those movies. I loved it too. But there Mm -hmm. and all those movies were highly inappropriate. Listen, I remember I remember watching young Splendor in the Grass. Jacqueline Suzanne's Once Is Not Enough. All right. Well, you're younger than me because that wasn't on when just like trashy, trashy stuff. And then my mother used to love to read a trashy novel. So I liked to read. I started reading really young and I would just read the books that she read. And my mother would read a lot of Harold Robbins novels. Oh no, that was forbidden in my house. I grew up with a mother of librarian, so we were like, but though I did, my favorite book when I was a kid, my favorite grown-up book, if you laugh now, I will, <laughs> I read, my it? parents shockingly did not have many books for people who were very educated. Mm-hmm. I read Yes, I Can 175 <laughs> times. I love it. 175 <laughs> times. Really? I think it, yeah. No, I have a copy for my birthday. My sister found a copy of it. Um, Yeah. Okay, do you want to know where my obsession with Pia Zadora started? No, but okay, you're going to tell me anyway. I'm going to tell you anyway. Because my mother, like I said, used to read all the Howard Robbins novels. So I read The Betsy, Masters of the Game. My grandmother used to read All of these things. And Howard Robbins wrote the book The Lonely Lady. And then they made it into a really horrible film adaptation version starring Pia Zadora as Jerry Lee. 
The Lonely Lady. And I went to see, I, this is back when, I'm telling you, I miss the old New York. Th- that movie was rated R. I was not 17 yet. Oh, they I didn't went, care. I went to Times Square, bought if my you, ticket. If you went, could reach the counter to give them the money, they didn't care. I went to see the lonely lady. It was rated lady. M. Remember, right, rated, right, rated M. M for mature. Sure. I went to. I would see the lonely lady by myself, and I what I remember most it was like three whole people in the entire movie theater. It was terrible, and of course, I loved it. And I was like, this lady is terrible. I love her. I love yeah. her. And that's where it started. Yeah, you know, old good old school trashy novels and good old school New York where you could be two and go to a bar and sit and order a cocktail. Um, what do you think about the next topic? Should we devote it another time? Because it's going to be a long one. Uh, no, we're going to talk about her now because they announced the tour this morning. All right, you talk about it. I have not. <clears throat> go. go. This morning, the earth has rumbled. Ugh. The I'm wind gonna, has can blown. Can I go to the bathroom? I'll be right <laughs> The pop gods are shining on us because how do you rehabilitate yourself when you've been acting like a lunatic for the last couple of years and you want to remind people of why they love you in the first place? Madonna has announced her celebration tour, a celebration of 40 years of, 40. of hits. No, 40, 40, 40, 40. 40. And she's going on a tour, which mm-hmm. starts in July. And so I a, think how, I how, think that that's, that's great. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be very, what's her health like? Because she did have real physical issues. I mean, I believe the, I believe the health is good now, right? Okay. So to me, it's a good reminder of the music. And I think for Madonna, it just needs to get back to the music. Because all the other stuff has been distracting. And she never wants to pull out the hits. Ever. So the fact that she is coming out and telling you, guys, you're not going to hear me singing in Fado. I'm not going to sing my whole album except for the singles. You're actually going to get hits. And there's a lot of hits there. And there's some songs that have been hits for her that she's never sang live. So for that, I'm really, really happy. I think that's going to be a great show. Like, because she always puts a show. And she also said... The tour is going to be a celebration of New York City, where she got her start. So it's the hits and New York. That, to me, is a great combination. And the one thing I will say about Madonna through all of her madness is she does put on a great show. She's always put on a great show. Even you enjoyed Madame X. Now, I think Madame X would have been better for you had she had some hits in there, because that was your first time seeing her. No, no that wasn't the issue with Madame. I mean, I thought Madame X was really interesting, and I'm glad I saw it, you know, to be that close. I just found it. There were moments that were great, and there were moments that were painfully self-indulgent. Yes, absolutely. Painfully so. Absolutely. She had a captive audience. So um, I'm just going to be, you know, uh, which hits is she going to do? Is she going to do, like, deep cuts? I mean, it's fine. I mean, a fanatical, I'm assuming the tickets are going to be $5,000, you know, which is the standard rate these days anyway. Uh, She's, I don't know what celebrating New York means. Um, Is she going to? like drag out all the people she I know that Bob the drag queen is on the entire tour with her so it feels like it's going to be some very interesting that he won RuPaul's Drag Race it's going to be it feels like issues with drag it feels like (laughs) 
Okay, we're not going to do that today and be insulted. No, we're like, la- I had some, I you like don't drag. Get to I come just for my gate for my sisters in no, song not- and dresses. I have no, I have problems with some aspects of drag. Seriously, I do. I don't, you know, I have, I like, I enjoy, um, you know, a lady bunny in the old school. I just have issues with some aspects of drag. That's all. And a lot of women do have issues with some aspects of drag. That's all. I mean, I don't dis, I don't hate drag. I don't want drag queens to be discriminated against. I think it's a celebration, but I don't, eh, part of it is like eh, enough for me as a woman, as a woman, as a feminist. Well, as someone who is, as someone who's not a woman, I feel like that, uh, um, it's a celebration and, of some we, aspects. Of our queer culture. It's not about womanhood. It's part of our queer culture. And, you know, you have your right as a woman to not enjoy it. And I have my right to say you're not allowed to come to any of our gay parties anymore because you're now on punishment. But- no, I, I said I used to, I came up in the 80s. I mean, I was going to Wigstock when those girls were teeter-tottering over in their heels over to Tompkins Square Park. That was when it was the best. The yeah, best. So I just, I, you know what it is? Maybe it's just the fact that it's become so overcommercial. Well, now it's, it's so well, ridiculous. now it's weird. This version of drag, what what we're seeing on television is not drag. RuPaul's Drag right. Race is not drag. It's not drag. This Thank is a, you. this is people doing shit for television. It's not even about the art form. Now you got a bunch of these kids who they don't do anything. They they're just they're Putting trying on to dress and lips and they and and well and some of them can't even do that. They're really they're looks queens, right? So it's yeah. about. How much can I look like a woman? Can I really give you the illusion in that that's moment? My and that's not your drag yeah. is an art. Like I'm I'm always for the kids who can get up there, they can do comedy, they can sing, they can dance. It's an art form. I like not, Shangela. N- I really n- do well, enjoy Shangela. Because Shangela's very talented and can do I really a lot. Enjoy Shangela. And she can do a lot of things. She's yeah. not just like, look, okay, I'm giving you the illusion. And this is not to diss the looks queens, right? And the queens who are just doing it for social media. But to me, that's not drag. That's not right. really dry. Yeah, so that's what my objection is, is the stuff. I, the, I'm the i coming from the, the old school. I enjoy that stuff. It's fun. You know, uh, going to, um, what was that restaurant where they used to only have- Lucky bread? Chang's. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was br- groundbreaking yeah. back then. It was, was when like, it opened. It was, gr- it really it was. was. like 1982 and you it had really, these like, but yeah, I, um, that's, that's my, that is my issue with But it. It to is, bring it back to Madonna, for me, I'm- of drag queens. Right. I'm just glad that we're bringing it back to the music with her because ultimately I think she's very important in the pantheons of pop music. Yeah. And I do believe that, you know, um, reminding people- why you are Madonna by pulling out your hits is good. And you, you, there's so many songs you haven't sang in years. The fans have wanted the hits. And I think it should be a great show. I just hope that she's fierce at it because, you know, when I see her dancing and stuff online, I'm like, this looks weird. So I'm hoping she well, can. Well, you know, it, I'm hoping to be she can fair, do it. All of these issues are self inflicted, no right. one has made her act like an idiot on social media. Right. No one has made her get either the plastic surgery she's had or the filters she's using. No one is doing this to her. So she made a decision to act like it. Jody Watley isn't acting like an idiot on social media. When Jody right. Watley posts something, it's her performing. So right. no one has made Madonna do this. She made a decision to do this. Now she has made a decision to get rid of that perception and hopefully 
she will focus on the music and stop being such a lunatic, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, the catalog is undeniable. The catalog, the catalog is literally is undeniable. undeniable. Absolutely. But it's not like someone put a gun to her and said, hey, Madonna, you want to, uh, you know, go. So she's done this to herself and now she's somebody, she's decided, huh, let's get back to the music. So I'm going to ask you a serious, be the music. I'm going to ask you this serious question because I know that you, you, you see this very differently. I think that Madonna is really important to women in pop music and you don't feel that same way. No, that's not what I said. She's very yeah. important to women in pop music, but um, I just have never, when she first came out post everybody. Okay. So everybody came out and everybody loved that, but everybody thought she, they didn't know what she was. And I didn't know if she was black. We didn't know if she was black. We didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. know, And I remember that whole scene and she was around that. I just have never understood why freedom and breaking barriers and everything has been with women and now just for like being overtly sexy. I just, I'm not saying that being, I just, some of her shit seemed a little, well, I, I think Deb, I think Debbie Harry is as important to women in, in pop music, and Debbie Harry was naturally. I just, I don't think she Debbie Harry absolutely pop- is, yeah. and but. Madonna was able to take it commercially, and it was the big three, right? Madonna, Prince, Michael, really, yeah. really big three, and to have the well, worldwide very different hits. type of music. Very, yeah, Debbie yeah, Harry's in a band, abso- absolutely. Debbie and Harry, even when I, Debbie did the solo work, right? We've had that show. We talked about it. We never really loved her solo work, right? You know, I, I have no. My issue with Madonna is is just that the sexual. You you never I really like the sexual never, energy of no, it. No, no, no. It's it's just that I've never just understood why women's um, 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 autonomy and women is like showing your fucking ass. And I have nothing against showing your ass, but I just don't understand why does that make me a more liberated person? How is that owning my sexuality? Well, I would say because especially back then when she started people started acting like men were the only ones who had sex and women were just like there to please men. And she was standing up saying, well, I like pleasure too. I'm not here to please, please me. Well, but I'm talking on a, go back to 1982 and 83. Other women, there were definitely women, Grace, all of these women who were more underground, who definitely were in lingerie and doing all those things, but they weren't on everybody's TV screens. They weren't in everybody's magazines. You had to look for that. Things were very niche. They were not all over MTV. You have to remember Madonna is born of the MTV age, right? So suddenly that, and then even when she was coming out, she wasn't the first one to, to talk about gay people and, and to support gay people. But as a big pop star, she really gave visibility on a very grand We are not stage. disagreeing. I'm just saying I've never, I had in the beginning had issues with this being labeled feminism. I was like, how is that? Well, because she also was a boss, right? And that's where I always took that aspect. More than the sexual part, I like that she was a woman who kind of took control of her career in a lot of aspects. We can have that conversation. Well, here's the thing. She's still here. Any of those women who are still here were bosses. Janet Jackson, You they're heritage acts, but they're still here. And you think about how many people we've seen that were great, had better voices, really talented, who are not here you are some you are 
as someone who worked on that side of the industry, you are absolutely a boss if you can last for decades upon no, decades. No, I upon uh, we're decades. agreeing. All I'm saying, you asked me how I felt as no, a woman who's the exact I'm same just try, age. I'm trying to I'm trying to sway you to my side. No, I'm, I have no issue. I just found it hilarious that once again. That's how women are viewed as feminists because you know they're wearing. But man, I mean, feminists get mad at women who who use their sexuality. That's a weird I don't thing get mad at. Do. No, you're not. I, I, men. Uh, no, but um, you like if a woman because but but what you said is I don't understand this. That is a part of it too. Being able to say I own my sexuality. And I don't I'm understand that. why that is. Am I in? Am I any less a feminist because I didn't? wear super revealing stuff no you're not okay so she's no more a feminist because she but nobody says she's more but i feel like people discount that because they don't like that then they say well why is it that because you know you you were showing your ass and it's like well she wanted to isn't that the whole point if she wants to nobody made her so like like when there was controversy around the express yourself video and i'll never forget she did that interview where they were like well you're chained to a bed and she said I chained myself to a bed. I'm chained to my desires. I'm chained to my passion. I'm chained. There's no man holding the end of the chain. You know what I mean? It is my chain. Why can't I express myself that way? And it's like, listen, it may not be your taste, but I believe that's what feminism is about, right? Being able to say, this is my choice. I am making it. There's no man pulling the string. There's no woman pulling the string. I have made this choice. I'm expressing myself in this way. We agree. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I've never understood why mm-hmm. men view that as feminism. But do I've, men call that feminine, feminism yes. or is Madonna called that feminism? Well, is Madonna a feminist? I believe so. And, and, and I don't think there's one type of feminist. You know what I mean? I really don't. I don't think there's just one type of feminist. And I think that- I'm just asking. I don't know the I don't. woman. Yeah, I, I, I don't- you know, listen, I think that's such a, it's such a weird word because people make it into a dirty word, but I think. No, no, men make it. Uh, no, 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 no. No, the no, way no. I hear some women use it, it feels very weaponized. Like, well, because I think, and black women have felt very, that wrong. the word has been weaponized against them. They feel like white women use feminism and don't include them, right? So it is weaponized in a lot of ways. And it's like, and it seems like people are like, feminism means you have to be this way. And if you're outside of that box, it's almost like you're an outsider looking in and you're not included because you're not of the thing that people say this well, is what that's a, 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 we're we're mixing apples and we're not. It's, it's all no, it's all in the it's all in the same bag. And you can't say that because black women have felt like that for generations. I'm, but- and and some and I've heard this debate about Madonna for generations, and it's always because of her sexu the way she portrayed her sexuality. And I, I think just that didn't that's like, bullshit. No, I, not right. liking it. You have the right to not like it. You know what my favorite Madonna feminist? videos and songs are? It's really mm. interesting. My favorite stuff of hers, and I like a lot of her stuff, but my favorite stuff of hers, she always did really interesting stuff when she was working with kids in the video. I mm. love Cherish. Mm. I love Open Your Heart. Mm. I, there's something about... A sweetness that, you saw, right? When she was well, there kids. was just something like seemed much more... I, I do... Express yourself, I think, is great. Listen, she's no dummy. She knew she was getting a reaction, and that's what mm-hmm. pop music is. She Absolutely. knew she was getting a reaction. She, you know, she, you know, 
<laughs> in the beginning was certainly doing what women did to get ahead in the, you know, I mean, come on, let's, let's, you know, um, I just, I think that there is no denying her impact. I think that she is, is, um, a very important person when you're making a conversation of, about pop music, about, um, you know, I just, you asked me what my feeling was in mm. the beginning in mm. 1982, 1982, some of that boy toy shit gave me a headache. But I, I never it. stopped liking the music. Mm-hmm. You're asking me. I'm the mm-hmm. same age as her. I was working mm-hmm. in strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Some of that stuff gave me a headache. But, but you were also a punk girl back then, no, right? But so no, I wasn't. Would Madonna be the antithesis? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. You weren't I a mean, punk you, girl in the 80s. You, But you asked me what my feelings were. No, no, no. I'm just asking you. I said you weren't I mean, a punk I listened girl in to the punk 80s. rock, but the, the punk girls didn't look like that. I'm not talking about Madonna being punk because Madonna wasn't punk. She claimed she was. Well, she was downtown, right? She was in a punk band. She got her start in a punk band. I'm all I'm saying is in 1982 when she started breaking the I liked the music a lot. I just found some of it to be a little like uh, or enough already, but I never didn't like the music. I had no problem with the music, and that's ultimately all that matters is the music, right? The music is what matters. Yeah, like, listen, the music is the thing that holds up, but the image, especially back then, helped get you there and get people to listen yeah, to you. Yeah, I'm just saying you asked me what I thought about it. In 1982, mm-hmm. at, when that image started to become, I found some of it to be a little like, why is this still a thing? Right? Why is this still a thing? But the music, I never had an Im- I never had a problem with the music. I never had a problem with the music. I, the music was always like... Perfectly fine, you know. Bedtime stories, great album. Ray of well, Ray of Light is the record that everybody who doesn't like Madonna likes. But Ray of Light, great album. Music, great album. Confessions on the dance floor, really good record. The re- the music stands up. Absolutely. I've just never. I, to me, it's just never been a thing because also those images were not groundbreaking to me. I saw a million people that were doing what she was doing. You know what I'm saying? So, well, you lived in New York. What she did was what she had was a New York club style, right? And you were a person who worked in clubs. Yeah, so it was yeah. like she just looked what Madonna looked like was everybody in the clubs. All right. You, but you just want me to agree with you. And well, I, am, I don't need to. No, I, I am no, agreeing with I you. I know you are agreeing with me. And this is why, you know, you've lost 10 gay points today because I don't care. Uh, I don't fucking care. Oh, you don't care? You don't no, care that you lost your gay points? No, is this a monolithic, the gay vote? So Yes, it is. All right, well, so be it. And Madonna is the queen. For every gay man? Every gay man likes Madonna? The ones with taste do. All right. I, I can't speak for the rest me, of those kids. You who asked be, me a question, and I gave you my honest answer about it. I think I mean, she's. I think she. It's is not very like important. I'm asking you to side with me on Danny Minogue. You know what I mean? I'm not going that deep, but it's. Madonna. I just have always thought <laughs> that early stuff. I just thought that she's the the. Um, when I think of Madonna, it's not the image mm. I'm concerned about. It's mm. the music. The music stands yeah, up. Absolutely. The music stands up. Which is what I love about this tour. Because the level, of, why the level of desperation is hopefully will be done. Right. You and I have had a conversation how we've never understood why when women are trying to assert themselves, they immediately it's stop naked. wearing less yeah, clothes. Naked. That yeah, was yeah. my only point. I'm yeah, but, but Madonna wasn't naked like these kids until she did the sex book in 93. Right. Like, well, that's these kids I, are like today, like people are legit naked 
Like right. Madonna so was, was sexy. Madonna yeah. was sexier and that made people uncomfortable at yeah, the time, yeah. I remember. But these kids now, it's like legit naked. Like here, yeah, yeah. I'm naked. But it was very different times though too. I mean, the 80s were very and different. And at least she had the songs to go with it. Now everybody's just naked with not even the songs to right. go with well, it. Well, she had the best songwriters in the world working mm-hmm. with her, right? I mean, she had, when you have Nile Rodgers producing your records and Mark Kamen's and Jelly Bean and, you know, the men behind her and the men with her. Yeah. So, like I said, we're 100% agreeing. You just asked me, 1982, what did I think? I just remember. I remember so distinctly being in my mm. now dead friend Brian's house and us having a conversation about it and me going, I don't know, man, she annoys me. <laughs> but the music was great. She just annoys me. The mu- mm-hmm. We lived on the same block. Does that mm-hmm. count? No. We did. She lived across the street from me. Did she? Yeah. Where in I East Village? I saw her. Yeah, on, on fourth. I lived be- mm-hmm. on fourth and A, and she lived on fourth between A. I probably mm-hmm. saw her. She lived in Marty Bignon's apartment. I knew him. Mm-hmm. It's, I probably saw her every fucking day. Right, and didn't you know? even know it. Right, I didn't even know it. You know, because she looked like everybody else. We all. And she's like tiny. That. She's tiny. She's tiny. Let me just tell you something. The first she's, time I met her, I gagged because no, I'm thinking Madonna, and she's so. Tiny. No, she's tiny. She's absolutely tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's absolutely tiny. Look, I hope the tour goes well. I Look, think if there's she... one thing she could do is she could sell tickets for a tour. If, if Madonna yeah. tells everybody, by the way, I'm singing my hits, brilliant. No, they're coming way. out. They're coming out. Be, this will be the last tour she does. You know, I think of, well, maybe, right? Well, how old is Madonna now? 64? 64. 64. I mean, Tina. What Tina's last tour was at yeah, seventy, but Tina and she is was like, not "I'm da- done." Madonna. If Madonna is pulling a Madonna show, she's going to be. I mean, Tina dance, but it's a different kind of show. We'll right. see. Like I said, right. we'll see. You know. All right. Well, thank you, folks, for sitting along with me as my homosexuality was insulted for the last hour. Oh, stop. <laughs> You know me, I'm very Madonna sensitive. I it's know. Very, it hurts my heart. you cannot ask a friend. You asked a friend <laughs> whose opinion you respect. I'd like to phone a friend. You asked a friend who is very smart, mm-hmm. if I may say so myself, and whose opinion you value, mm-hmm. and I thank you for that, and mm-hmm. a woman, what they thought, and I told you, and you immediately started telling me that I was wrong. <laughs> Very hello, <laughs> hello, gay man. Explaining. <laughs> Listen, Madonna is. A do I leg- talk to you about Waylon Fla- Flowers and Madam? No, I. Oh, do I not. used to love Waylon Flowers. I know you did. All right, we have to go. Don't I have to go to therapy today? You do. Oh, no, that's tomorrow. It's like the only thing I'm gonna say is. I have a tale to tell. You I mean, one of my. Oh. I hope she does, yeah. I hope she does Pop It on Preach, which is my favorite. Oh, oh Father is one of my favorites. Oh, Father's great. She's only ever saying- And Rain. And Rain. She's only ever saying Oh, Father at the Blonde Ambition Tour. And Rain. I love Rain. She sang Rain at the Girly Show, and she sang it on some shows at the uh, MDNA Tour, I believe, when they kind of did the second No, I like those songs. Yeah, yeah. Those are great songs. Great, great, great songs. All right. Take it out. Thank you for listening. And Madonna, please send us tickets. And remember, uh, yeah.
us was just so I can get two. I wouldn't bring you. I'd have to bring one. <laughs> oh, I want I'm sorry. Would have a good oh, time. Amy, who invited you to the pet. Yeah, yeah. Two shows. Robin and Pet Shop Boys, my yeah, friend. Robin and Pet Shop Boys. You don't seem like you'd be, you seem like you'd be like after 30 minutes, be like, all right, I get it. No. <laughs> would not oh give God. a shit about no, Madonna. I would, I would give a shit if she was actually doing the hits and <laughs> could perform. Of course I right. would. I, yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. she's like phenomenal live. You yeah. Know? Oh my God. She's great live. She's really, really yeah. great. No, live. I've heard totally. You know, I'm just hoping we could pull it off because I remember thinking when I was watching Madame X when I was at that tour I really enjoyed the show but I was like you know there's a couple of moments here <laughs> where I'm That's feeling show like you do when you know you're not physically capable of doing a show and she barely made it through that tour right. like they had to cancel so many dates but she was really injured and had to have surgery anyway that whole thing you know the deal kids you like us. Clearly, you when us. she had the surgery, she said, while you're on my knee, work your way up to my face. <laughs> listen. While I'm here. Of, All right. <laughs> a lot of people have, listen, I'm not, I'm down for people doing whatever you want to do to yourself, but I think just go to the good doctor. Go yeah. to the good one. Yeah. Go to the good one. Don't go to the one that you got in the back of, you know, the Village Voice, <laughs> who's having a special. Go to the, especially if you have the money, go to the good doctor, people. Go to the good one. If you're pricing out your plastic surgery, folks, and I just said this to a friend recently who was talking about some stuff, and I was like, you don't go to the place that has the surgery on sale. You go to the best doctor, it's your face. And on that note, you know what it is. Like us, tell a friend, share our, share our show, leave a rating, follow us on Instagram, and I'm going to let you finish in why. Follow us on Facebook at I'm going to let you finish, all one word. We're on TikTok at I'm going to let you finish podcast. We're on that other one with the bird, but we don't talk about that. And, you know, love us and follow us also on the Pantheon podcast YouTube page because the shows, are, the audio is on YouTube and we're on their main feed. We're everywhere. We're like roaches in New York City. We're everywhere. So leave a rating, okay, leave a cruise. Possibly, like, can we have, like, another, fuck, excuse me, can we have another uh, connection? Like rats in New York City. Oh, we're everywhere. Can we have just, like, I don't know, like pizza places in New York But they're not everywhere. They keep shutting everything down. And right, the only, thing, the only thing that gets to stay everywhere in the city is right. fraction roaches. I'm, like, I'm starting my day being compared to vermin. Yay. I mean, well, let's... Okay. And on that note... And on that note, we'll be back next week with our special guest, Melin Farmer. Yeah. Or it could be me speaking in broken French as Melin Farmer. <laughs> I just want you guys to know if you can see Amy's faces because she's had to put I up have with a all. training had, I have to go had, to. She's, had, she's a... had to put up with all my shit. My Milan obsession, my my Madonna obsession, Pia's Adora, which is really pretty inexplicable, but I, I love her. A... I can't help I, it. No, it's, we'll have, Courtney will be in therapy next week. He'll discuss the results of that. Goodbye. <laughs> bye. 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 Next week, bye. <laughs> <laughs>